And welcome to Slasher Street Podcast. My name is Ryan Devlin, and thank you so much for joining me once again. This is a horror movie podcast where each episode I will be reviewing and discussing in detail a different horror movie from our epic collection here at the house, plus so much more horror-related content. I hope you're all having an awesome, awesome week, and welcome to the show. And on this week's episode of Slasher Street Podcast, I will be going through my 31 in 31. Now, for all those out there who are asking the question, Ryan, what is 31 in 31? Well, this is something that I found out about maybe three or four years ago when I joined the Killerflix group. And basically, it is what it says. You watch 31 horror movies in 31 days of October. Now, for all of us horror movie fans, horror isn't just for the Halloween season. It is all year round. Um, But let me tell you, actually watching a horror movie every day for a month is actually quite difficult to achieve, especially when you're trying to also live your life. So in, in my life this past month, obviously, I didn't actually watch a horror movie every day, but I did aim to watch 31 in 31 because I have such a busy life. I promote gigs. I've been to conventions. I've been to uh, other gigs. I've been on nights out. We've been um, on uh, on trips away with the family. So trying to fit a different horror movie in every night is difficult. So some nights we didn't actually watch any movies because we were out at gigs or <laughs> doing stuff. Whereas other nights we did two or three movies a night. But I can tell you, I did it and I got through 32 horror movies in the month of October, which we're going to basically talk a little bit about each one, uh, my very brief thoughts, and uh, probably give <clears throat> probably give a rating out of 10 for each of the movies that I watched. Um, so, obviously, some I'll be talking about more than others, but we are going to be discussing 32 horror movies in this episode. Um, Some will probably just be glancing over. Um, There's some that I really don't want to talk about at all because some were just garbage, but we're going to go through all of those. Um, But like I say, all of them will be discussed in this episode. Um, Now, as I said, some nights uh, we watch more than one or two horror movies just to catch up on the uh, titles. But I just wanted to give a shout out to Carlisle Cinema Club. Um, Now, if you haven't actually um, liked them on Facebook yet, go and, uh, you know, give them a like. These Carlisle Cult Cinema Club, uh, they're obviously local to my area because um, they actually watched, or the, the guy who mods the page, he actually watched over 100 horror movies in the month of October. So... Well done, sir. Well done. I am well lagging behind in my total. But as I said, I ended up watching 32, which we'll get into. But over 100 horror movies, man, that that would be insane. Unfortunately, I <laughs> don't have the time to watch that. I, like I, say, I, I managed to scrape across the line. I was literally like just dragging my knuckles across the line. 
<clears throat> on Halloween night where we watched two movies, which took us to 32. Um, and I just I want to point out as well um, that I have written no notes whatsoever for this episode. Normally, um, as you guys know, we do a bit of a, a non-spoiler, or as spoiler-free as we possibly can, for the movie we're discussing that week. And then I go into my notes, but I usually have quite detailed notes of the whole film blow by blow. I usually have a, a written notes of what I want to talk about in the non-spoiler review section area of the of the podcast. Tonight, I have no notes whatsoever. I literally have a list of 32 horror movies, and uh, I did actually write down my ratings next to them. So apart from that, I'm going completely, purely off memory alone. Um, some of these were first-time watches for me. Some were classics that I've seen, you know, tons and tons and tons of time uh, times, rather. So this might be a bit of a wing and a prayer job, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, you guys will enjoy it. And as I say, I'm going to at least briefly talk about all 32 horror movies. So anyway, let's get into it. Without any further ado, let's not keep you guys waiting any longer. Let's talk about the 32 horror movies um, that I watched in the month of October. My 31, or my 32 rather, in 31. So... First up on the list, night one. I must say as well, I'm going to talk about these. I'm going to be discussing these in the order that I watch them as well. So, you know, day one through to day 31, these are the exact order I watched these movies. So, let's get into it. Day one, <clears throat> I watched Rob Zombie's The Monsters, brand new film for 2022. Rob Zombie's take on The Monsters. And as with anything Rob Zombie does, it is fairly polarizing in the horror movie community or the horror community. I am uh, quite a big fan of Rob Zombie's stuff. I absolutely adore Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Um, I'm a big fan of The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses. And I, you know, I'm really warming to like 31 and The Lords of Salem. And I'm, a big, I'm quite a big fan of his take on Halloween. To be honest with you, I do enjoy Rob Zombie's movies. I I understand why people don't like them, um, and I understand, obviously, from my point of view, why people love them. But he's a very polarizing figure. You know, he doesn't give a fuck. And that is one thing that I do respect about Rob Zombie is he could not give a fuck what you think. And the memes he is sharing on Facebook and all over his social media over the last couple of weeks since Halloween Ends came out, two, uh, three weeks since Halloween Ends came out, and the Monsters came out, you know, two or three weeks before that, just shows his level of could not give a fuck, because he's sharing memes about people, you know, hating on his Halloween movies and also hating on the Halloween Ends movies, and now people saying they like his Halloween movies. He couldn't give a fuck, honestly, what you think. He just goes out there and makes his movies, and it was quite a surprise for a lot of people when we found out that he was going to be doing the monsters, and obviously this was going to be a family-friendly Rob Zombie film, so I was really intrigued to check this out, and uh, I, I watched it, like I say, on the 1st of October, it was about maybe four or five days after it was released, I managed to, to get hold of a copy and watch it, and I enjoyed it, I, I, I enjoyed it, I thought it was a really fun movie. I want to put a caveat on here as well to say that I am not a huge fan of the original Monsters, 
blasphemy, I know, but I am not a huge fan of the original Monsters. I really find those old black and white 1960s sitcoms, was it 60s, 70s, whenever the Monsters came out, really difficult to watch. I just, it's, it's not my type of humour, and I do find it really difficult to watch, which made me think I wasn't going to enjoy this. But I really, I thought it was a fun time. Jeffrey Daniel Phillips and um, Richard Brake in this movie cracked me up. I thought those two were absolutely incredible together as um, the, you know, the mad scientist who created Herman Munster and Herman Munster. I just thought they were fantastic together and every scene they were in was hilarious. Um, Dan Roebuck was was awesome as well as the as the granddad um sherry moon was okay she wasn't as offensive in this movie as i thought she was going to be um and it's one of those things where she's probably she probably is and this is harsh to say but she probably is the weakest part of the movie but i enjoyed it and obviously i'm going to try and keep my thoughts on this as brief as possible but i thought i said jeff daniel phillips and richard brake stole the show in this movie it's a prequel to the tv show um so it has basically nothing to do with the TV show at all. It's a prequel. The The end of the movie, spoiler, I should say as well, in this episode, we're going to probably talk about spoilers as well. So I'm, a, I'm sorry if we spoil the movies for you, but most of these we are probably going to spoil. Because obviously at the end of the Rob Zombie, the Munsters, basically ends where I presume the Munsters starts or near enough start you know in the the original tv series i hope he does another one i'll be honest with you i hope he does another one i'm not sure how well this went crit um uh, financially <laughs> for universal studios um i don't know i don't i haven't actually looked at the box office or anything like that. i think it went straight to netflix so it probably didn't do that well it still hasn't had an official release date in the uk um thank god for vpns um so, yeah, I don't think it's done incredibly well, but it had a bit of a buzz about it on Killer Flicks and a few other horror groups as well, I mean, and people were mostly fairly positive about this film. I think because it's 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 obviously quite funny, and I, it's, it is, uh, like I say, Jeff Daniel Phillips' Herman Munster is brilliant in this. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, I loved the colouring, I loved the, the atmosphere of the film, um I, it didn't look anywhere near as cheap as i thought it was going to look i think zombie had a decent budget for this one so yeah i enjoyed the monsters and um that's probably all i'm going to say on it at the moment because we need to get through obviously 30 30 horror movies 32 more horror movies or whatever in this list so we're going to blast through that but yeah rob zombies the monsters and i would probably give that a 6.5 out of 10 a, a fairly respectful 6.5 out of 10 really from in my opinion i thought it was it was decent um so what we tried to do as well, I just want to say, um, obviously, me and my wife were doing 31 in 31 together. Um, so we tried our best to do one night I would pick a film, the next night she would pick a film. Kind of didn't work out because some nights she was out, some nights I was out. And, you know, some nights she didn't know what to pick and I wanted to watch something. So kind of went up and down a little bit. But uh, my wife's uh, pick for the first film that we wanted to watch is one of her favorite films, um, not just one of her favourite horror films, but one of her favourite films in general, and that is Insidious, the original Insidious. Is it James Wan did Insidious? I think it was. One of, I think it was James Wan's first film. I could be talking absolute because I say I haven't got any notes, I haven't really done any research, but it's one of my wife's favourite films 
in the world. And uh, it's actually one of the first horror movies we ever watched together. I think it was... Uh, no, it won't have been, will it? I can't remember. When did Insidious come out? Now, I'm going to break my own rule here and do a bit of a Google search. I don't think it... No, I know it wouldn't have been. I think we, we did go to the cinema to see it together, but I don't think it was one of our first films that we went... Oh, 2010! Shit, it would have been. Yeah, it, it would have been. 2010. Jesus, this film was 12 years old. That time has flew by. Shit. Um, so, yeah, this would have been probably one of the first horror films we watched together. We got together in 2010. Um, and we went to the cinema to see it, so maybe that's why it's a favourite. Who knows? Um, but I, I, I enjoyed seeing this. I remember going to see this in the cinema, obviously, in 2010, and I shit myself. The fucking creepy old lady in this film fucked me up for years, and I... Not the red man. The red man I actually find quite funny. Like, the way he looks, I just think it looks ridiculous and isn't scary at all. The scenes in this film that really freak me out are the picture scenes, you know, where they're going through um, the pictures of um, the dad and the, the old lady, the creepy old lady is always behind him and getting closer and closer. That shit freaked me out to fuck. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, so it's not a film that I generally re-watch a lot, and I don't watch it alone. Um, Insidious really does freak me out. And there's another film on this list that freaks me out, but not as much on this watch, to be fair. Um, but Insidious still does. Um, and yeah, I just think it's it's a great film. It's a great horror film. Uh, one of the best of the 2010... No, it would be... Would it class of the 2010s? It came out in 2010? Possibly. It's one of the best over the last 10 to 15 years, in my opinion. It spawned a very successful franchise. It's had houses at Halloween Horror Nights in Orlando and, and Hollywood. And uh, yeah, I say it's, 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 it's spawned a very... Um, successful franchise so it's um it's a film that i rarely re-watch and i only re-watch it usually when my wife wants to watch it so but it, it's a fucking incredible film it's it's so well done so um i i'm gonna give that a solid eight out of ten for insidious because it's um just thinking about it now you know just thinking about it man just creeps me out you know and uh, the, the only bit that i don't really like is the bit actually where they're in the upside not the upside down but you know like what's it called the other the was it called the other the further the further that's the one uh, there's insidious fans listening to this like oh it's called the fucking further that's stranger things dickhead um <laughs> but uh yeah and like the the he's he's finds his son and the, the devil man's kind of chasing him around the house. I just think that all is a bit silly, especially when the rest of the scenes in the um, in the further um, kind of are very creepy. You've got the family with the dad who kills them all. Was it the dad who kills them or the wife who kills them? I can't remember now, but um, yeah. Insidious, great film. Um, eight out of 10, solid out eight out of 10. Uh, coming, in number, well, coming in number three, but on day number three, we watched X. Um, which is Ty West's new film for 2022, um, which was a first time watch for me. Obviously, I haven't seen this one before, um, and it was a, it was a one I was really looking forward to uh, when it came out in April time. I think it was. I really wanted to check it out. We didn't get to see it in the cinema, so it's one of those that I've just wanted to check out for a while. Never had time to do it, uh, so finally thought, well, do you know what? It just came on Prime, actually, that day, I think. So we just we just watched it. And I loved it. I mean, you know me. This play, this is called Slasher Street. I love new slasher films. And uh, I love the whole 
take on the 1970s porn business and uh, I love the way this is shot and the, the back and forth with the grainy footage that you know that you see and has been shot um, I love Pearl that the you know again spoiler Pearl the killer the the kills in this are absolutely incredible the, I love that she just you know goes on these killing sprees this like 90 year old lady that for some reason they just can't overpower and then they do in the end obviously but it's just it, this is a super super fun film i still need to see pearl the prequel and that's another thing that i really like like kind of mia goth obviously in this film is fucking awesome as well and she plays pearl in the prequel so that makes it even like just connects even better um so you're gonna have pearl and an x and then i think there's potentially <coughs> sorry i think there's potentially because the way x finishes where mia goth's character and apologies i can't remember her name i've only seen it once i've not wrote any names down but i think they are gonna make another film ty west is gonna make another film with um mia goth's character being the killer again but as the character she plays in x so she plays Pearl in the prequel, which I really need. And that's awesome, isn't it? Like, the fact that the studio... I mean, it's A24. So, you know, the studio have faith in what good directors want. And uh, they, you know, said, you know, he, he, we're going to give you a... Let you shoot a prequel to a film that might just go down the shitter, you know? But this might have had shit reviews and not made any money... And it could have been a complete disaster because they've then funded two films, essentially created a franchise that no one cares about, but that's not the case. X went down the storm. Pearl just came out last month and I still haven't seen it, but everyone is saying it's a great film. People are saying it's actually better than X, so I really can't wait to see it. Um, but yeah, X was a great, great film. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out. This is on Amazon Prime in the UK right now, so just go and watch it. You, you won't be disappointed if you like slasher films, with a bit of a different feel, bit of a different take, you'll like this one. So I give that a solid 8 out of 10. Okay, so up next, day 4, we have the Amazon Prime exclusive disappointment, <laughs> My Best Friend's Exorcism. So this was a one where we couldn't decide what we wanted to watch, and... There was a few films that had just been released on Prime. I was aware... <clears throat> sorry, I've just taken a sip of my beer and... Mm, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> I'm back on the peaches and creams. I am feeling much better today as well, actually. I'm not uh, full of cold as I was uh, last week when I recorded the uh, Psychopath review. That was really annoying. But anyway, day number four, My Best Friend's Exorcism... Again, we didn't know what we were going to watch. We were just we were just flicking through Amazon Prime, and this was brand new. So, and I kind of I knew I've, I knew a little bit about this in the fact that it was a book, a really successful book that a lot of people seem to really like. So I was kind of like, oh right, well this might be decent. You know, it's it's based on a book that has got a big fan. I say a big fan base, a, a decent fan base. So let's give it a watch. And this was just vanilla. It was so meh. It was so, it just nothing special about it at all. Had no substance. The acting, it's just not good. There's not many films in this list actually where you would not where I'm where I'm not going to kind of praise it um, or say something good. But this this was just dull. It was dishwater. It was vanilla. It was ready salted crisps. It was just meh. It was yeah, just nothing about it. 
no, it had no soul. It was, it felt empty. It felt soulless, if that makes sense, which is ironic because it's about an exorcism. Um, the comedy did not land for me whatsoever. Um, the comedy was just, just, it was so cringy, which I think is what they're trying to go for, which is fair enough, but it just, it, it, it really did not land whatsoever. It was a, it was just a, oh, sorry. It was, yeah, it was, it was a struggle to get through, to say the least. So I'm going to give that a fairly generous three out of 10. And, um, you know, if, if you enjoyed the, that film, more power to you. You know, I think my wife enjoyed it fine. And the last kind of, I enjoyed the last kind of 10 minutes. I thought the last 10 minutes was pretty decent. Um, but the rest of it was, uh, I say it was garbage. I <laughs> wasn't a fan of it at all. Um, so I would not recommend it. But you know, if you've already seen it, you know, go and check it out. It's nothing like the book. I haven't actually read the book, but I was told that this film is nothing like the book. And uh, that's probably why it kind of goes down, <laughs> goes downhill pretty quickly. Um, but anyway, Day number five, we watched uh, Trick Our Treat. Trick Our Treat. Um, so you know, Sam Pumpkin, Pumpkin Sam, oh, whatever. Yeah, is it called Pumpkin Sam? Oh, whatever. He's you know Sam, the character, uh, the uh, anthology movie that everyone absolutely seems to adore. Trick or Treat, and you know, I I enjoyed it just fine. This is actually the first time I had ever seen Trick or Treat, and I know, I know. Exactly. I can see what you're thinking there. What? You've never seen Trick or Treat before, but it was my first time watch. I've actually owned it on DVD for quite a long time and it's just never been, you know, put on. But I thought, you know what? Let's give it a watch. And uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, it was, it was not as good as I thought it was going to be. Um, I, it, I liked how all the stories interwined with each other and then you get the, the ending where it all kind of comes full circle, um, kind of the film starts and ends at the same point in time. So I did kind of enjoy that aspect. I enjoyed that, obviously, Sam um, and seeing him. I enjoyed the, um, the the kind of the killer dad. I thought he was he was a great thing. He, that was a great segment as well. I thought it was just a fun film. So yeah, Trick or Treat um, would obviously recommend around Halloween time if you've not seen it before. I would give it a solid seven out of 10. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty good. Trick or Treat, you know, it, it is a, it's a solid Halloween anthology film with decent stories not all of them are decent. Some of them are a bit all over the place, but most of them are decent. They all interwine with each other, which I enjoyed. And obviously the wraparound is the start and end of the film. It, it, it comes together really nicely. So yeah, Trick or Treat was, was solid. Um, come uh, Day number six, we watched Insidious Chapter 3. This was another one of my wife's picks. And uh, yeah, the third one, I couldn't remember this one very much um in fact at times i was questioning whether i'd even seen it before but i must have seen it before because my wife will have made me watch it because it's insidious i've definitely seen chapter two i remember chapter two but i couldn't for the life of me remember insidious chapter three but uh, it obviously is not as good as the original it's a prequel to the original film um and then it's more about kind of Lin Shea's character and, and the mum when she was 
you know, a bit younger. Um, when yeah, when when she's young, she's not that much younger, I don't think. But yeah, I think um, I, honestly, I can't I can't remember too much about it. But uh, it's more about you know introducing Lin Shay to the two kind of um, not you call them the paranormal investigators that are in. Is that what the job title would be called? Paranormal investigation. She, she introduces. She gets introduced to the two paranormal, the comedy, you know, duo, the the light-hearted, you know, fodder that is in Insidious. This is how she gets introduced to them in Insidious Chapter Three, and uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not. It's not as. It's not as good as the first one, but it, it's it it comes together really well. It introduces us to the Red Man at the very end, which is a fantastic jump scare, uh, and obviously introduces more into the lore of the creepy old lady as well. That is one of the main villains in the first film. So yeah, overall, Insidious Chapter 3, it's a pretty solid film. It's not as good as the original for me. You don't have to watch Insidious Chapter 2 to, to know what's going on, because it's just a prequel to the first one. It has nothing to do with Part 2 whatsoever. So that I enjoyed. <clears throat> Because Insidious Chapter 2, from what I remember, is probably one of the worst in the franchise. It's it's nowhere near as good as this one or the original. So we just skipped that one and went straight to Insidious Chapter 3. Uh, and I would give it a solid 6 to a 6.5 out of 10 if I had to. Um, but yeah, probably maybe push to a 6.5 for the final jump scare really jumps it up, in my opinion. Day number 7, we watched the classic... Is it 1979 this came out? I think... Terror Trap. This was actually a first time watch for me as well. I know a classic slasher film with a House of Wax feel to it. Uh, I'd never seen it before. And uh, I just, it's, again, it's one of those that's been on my watch list for a long time. Um, so I just thought, you know what, let's just, just give this a watch. And um, I've got to be honest, I didn't love it as much as I thought I was going to. I, I love like early 80s slashers and the 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 weirder and the more out there and the more ridiculous the better in my opinion but this one i don't know i just couldn't get behind it that much in all honesty it was it, it like the actual the i think it was the fact of you know the mannequins were going in between real people and being mannequins and it just didn't fit for me the the kills weren't that great and you know i enjoyed the premise of it but i could tell from a mile off that the guy who owned the wax museum or whatever it was the mannequin museum was obviously going to be the guy with the with the mask it just it was so obvious that that uh, that, that twist was going and when the twist came and we we see him take his mask off and he's like, hey, it's me all along. I can't remember what he says. He says, you know, it's me all along. He says something like that. And she just runs away and it's like, what? Like, this was obviously going to be him. Like, it just was so obvious it was him. Um, maybe not to everyone, but for me it, it was. And that kind of probably ruined it a little bit. But it was fine. I enjoyed some of it. I wasn't necessarily bored throughout the film, but it just wasn't. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. In all honesty, I don't know what I was expecting, um, but I expected it to be slightly better. And you know, the ending where she's driving off with all the mannequins in the car—it's it, it's fine. <laughs> Even though the guy wasn't a mannequin just two minutes earlier, but maybe that's because, like, I can't remember who's called now. The guy who owns the mannequin museum—I can't remember what the 
character's called, but like he maybe has the power to keep them alive, but also in a mannequin state. I don't know. Um, but it was fine. It was. It wasn't anything special in my opinion. It was okay. But yeah, I would give it a six out. Maybe a. 5.5 to 6 out of 10. 6 out of 10 is probably a bit generous, but <laughs> we'll give it a 6 out of 10. Um, after that, we did two days of Shudder original. We actually had quite a few Shudder uh, originals that we were watching throughout the month of October, and uh, specifically Glorious, which is more of like a cosmic horror-style um, movie. It's basically about this guy who gets sent into a bathroom, uh, into like a public restroom. He's living in his car after being broken up with getting broke up with his girlfriend you would presume and through a glory hall in a public bathroom he is greeted by this god from another world who needs him to do something for him to essentially save the planet and for most of the film 80% of the film it is just this guy and you don't ever really see the god you see bits of him you see like bits of tentacles and stuff like that and i think you see his eye but you don't ever actually see what this guy, what the, what this being looks like. It's just this guy in a bathroom talking to this godlike creature. And for 80% of the movie, ugh, sorry, for 80% of the movie, that's pretty much it. It's just, just dialogue and random things happening. But it was, it, I actually really enjoyed this one. And uh, when we do get gore, we get it. When we. You know, it's not it's not a lot in this film. Like, it doesn't happen every single scene or anything like that. But, well, to be fair, it's only like one big scene. It's all happening in this public restroom. But when we do get the gore, it does come. And it's enjoyable. So I think, overall, this is a, it's a fun film. And it's not very long. It's only like an hour and 20 minutes maximum, I think. It's, in fact, it might be less than... might even be less than an hour and 20 minutes. But, yeah, glorious... Glory hole, glorious. You know, he's talking through through a glory hole. It's um, it's good. It was a fun time. Yeah. So glorious. I would recommend. I would probably recommend it to be honest. Now I would give that a solid seven out of ten as well. And uh, the next night we were staying on our shudder, shudder vibe, and we watched Who Invited Them, which I think is also new for uh, October twenty twenty two. Uh, I think Glorious might have been new for October. It was September, October time it came out. But we watched uh, Who Invited Them. And to be honest, this is people are very hot and cold on this film. But I actually thought it was pretty decent, Who Invited Them. It's basically about this couple who move in, who get a great deal on this kind of, this new mansion in the hills of Hollywood. And uh, they have a housewarming party. And then these two, ran this random couple turn up who, as you can guess, weren't invited and then they basically never leave and we've seen it done so many times in different forms but you know this style of this awkward style of uh of uh, movie where you think god how polite can you be to keep these people in the house um it's a bit more it's funny because only a few weeks earlier we watched uh See No Evil, or is it Speak No Evil? Speak No Evil, the new one that's also on Shudder, um, which has got to be one of the most uncomfortable films I've watched in a long, long time. Um, and this is a very similar one, but obviously a lot more lighthearted because it's just the characters are having fun, and it, 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 it's, it is a fun watch. And it, although it's incredibly predictable, like you could see the twist coming a mile off in this film, like literally as soon as you see some... Well, as soon as they 
talk, start talking about why he got the the house for a like a steal, um, you can instantly tell what the twist is going to be. Even though they try and trick you and say, "Oh, it's something else," believe me, if you've seen movies before <laughs> any movie, you would you would know the twist in this film instantly as soon as they bring it up. It's so obvious, but it was a good. It was a fun time. I I really enjoyed it. It was the ending was a bit rushed. It was a there was like a side plot in this film where they had they were meant to these two were meant to have kids and then their kids were staying at their friend's house and the the their kid was having like nightmares and stuff like that and that's how the film starts and you think oh it's going to be about this kid and he can maybe predict the future kind of like you know the film that we're going to talk about next where you know kind of maybe he has a shining to him kind of like a Danny Torrance kind of shining to him but um that wasn't the case at all like that was just a, a side plot that was never ever resolved and to be honest it felt like they just threw that in this film just so they could fill an extra 10 minutes or something like that it's kind of like they they wrote the film with about just being a couple and not having kids and then they were like oh shit we've only actually got like an hour worth of material or an hour and 10 minutes we need to do something to drag this out by another 10 minutes or we'll just put this plot in about having the kids and he's having a nightmare and then he's he's going to stay at their auntie's house if why was the if, why was the auntie not at the housewarming party surely she would get first to get an invite it was just it was all very a bit all over the place but um it was it was fine it was fine it was nothing special i would give it a probably a 5.5 out of 10 it was fine it was worth a watch if you're you know stuck for something to watch on a Midweek night, you know, you've you've caught up on all your TV series, you just can't think of any movie to watch. I would, you know, I would recommend it. To be honest, I would probably recommend this to a more casual film person, a more casual film viewer than Glorious. I think if you are not, um, I know I'm back and forward on the two here, but if you are not really a fan of cosmic horror or if you've not really experienced that genre that much before, probably glorious isn't going to be for you especially if you don't it's very very like so you know cosmic it's very universal you know um so maybe to a more casual person who just wants something really easy to watch where you don't really have to pay too much attention to it you know who invited them is probably a better pick for you or for that person than glorious out of the two so it's one of those films i wouldn't go out my way to watch it but if you have nothing else on your watch planner and you just think we just want to watch something fairly simple and easy to watch who invited them would be great for you and i would give it like i would say give it a solid 5.5 to a 6 out of 10 for that one and coming in as it coming in as if i'm ranking these but (laughs) uh, on day number 10 we watched one of uh, if you if you watched or let's say watched uh, if you listened to the episode where i went down my top 10 of the 2010s uh this came in actually at number 10 so it was you know quite fitting that we watched it on day 10 and that was um dr sleep um the whole michael flanagan's take on the shining sequel a part of the flannyverse if you will and that, that's i didn't actually realize this but netflix have a kind of like a collection of on there called 
the Flanniverse, which this isn't part of the Flanniverse, obviously, but they have a section on there called the Flanniverse. Did Michael Flanagan have, like, you know, any say in that whatsoever? But I don't know. Anyway, I talked about this movie a lot on my top 10 of the 2010s. It's one of the best films of the last 10 years, easily. It's an absolutely beautiful film. It's so well made. It's got a great cast. You know, Ewan McGregor as Danny Torrance is just fucking amazing. Um, You know, and Mike Flanagan had a very difficult job. And I, I touched on this in my top 10 of the 2010s, but he had a very difficult job because he had to write... He had, Well, he had to make a film about the book Doctor Sleep, which also had to be a sequel to the movie The Shining. Even though the movie The Shining, Stanley Kubrick's classic, is not really faithful to the original book The Shining. And so the Doctor Sleep is a, is a sequel to the book, not the film. So Mike Flanagan had to make a sequel to the film whilst also being faithful to the book. And also, to throw that in the mix, Stephen King hated the original The Shining. Like, he point-blank did not like what Stanley Kubrick did to that film. So Mike Flanagan, man, he had such a difficult job trying to, you know, whether he was going to, you know, stay faithful to the original book The Shining, and whether he was going to just follow the book Dr. Sleep, whether he was going to have to, what sections of The Shining was he going to put into, you know, into this film. But um, overall, Mike Flanagan did a fucking stellar knockout job. He did an absolutely unreal job. And for me, he covered all bases. He covered all bases perfectly. Um, And the reason we actually watched this was because the next day um, we went to Scotland Comic Con or Comic Con Scotland. We went to Edinburgh the next day to Scotland Comic Con and we met Ewan McGregor himself, which was an absolutely incredible experience. Like Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, guys, you know, that I am a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Like, if I'm not watching horror, I am watching Star Wars. Those are my two things. The only two things, really, that I watch (laughs) is Star Wars, whether that's live action, whether it's animation, you know, or horror. Like, those are the main things that I watch, really. Those are it. So, to go and meet Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, and for him to be such an awesome guy as well. Like, he met hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that day, but he really wanted to give you at least some experience for that, because he was a pricey guest, you know. I think it was, like, altogether for the photograph and the autograph, plus entry into the convention was the best part of £400. But it was just incredible to meet him. Uh, I got my Revenge of the Sith poster signed by him. I got a photo with him. And it was just one of those moments, which is awesome. And so, because normally I would have, if I was going to meet him in the summer, I would have probably watched, you know, Revenge of the Sith or uh, maybe rewatch some uh, episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that, I would have done. But because it was 31 and 31, we thought, let's watch Doctor Sleep to get us in the mood to meet him. And uh, yeah, I just, it's, it's just such an awesome film. It's just... It's, it's balanced perfectly between all those factors, between being a sequel to the, the Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, to being going from going on 
obviously an adaption of the book Doctor Sleep, which is a, a sequel to the book The Shining. Mike Flanagan, he covered all bases and he did an incredible job. So yeah, for me, Doctor Sleep, it's, just, it's one of the best films of the last 10 years. It, it just, it really is. It's such an awesome film. Nine out of 10, easily for me, nine out of 10. So day 11, we actually watched another couple of um, Shudder originals. <clears throat> Uh, so day 11, we watched Deadstream, which is a new found footage film that is streaming on Shudder and really one of the best found footage films I've ever seen. And I'm not even lying when I say that. I'm not blowing smoke up Shudder's arse here. This was one of the best found footage films I've ever seen. It follows a, a disgraced YouTuber who um, has just got his channel monetized again after being six months out from after breaking the rules. So as a punishment to himself, he's going to film himself inside this haunted house. And it's very Blair Witch meets Evil Dead. It's so well made. The character, it, it's, it's, it, tie, it tows this fine line deadstream between being hilarious and fucking terrifying at the same time so there was moments in this film the comedy lands i just want to say the comedy lands so well in this film it's balanced so well and so does the scares and i think that's why people are really digging this and really loving it online and talking about it because normally you would go swing too far the other way you would either make it too funny in which case it's not scary anymore, or you would make it too scary and then the comedy would feel out of place. Not in this film. The comedy is perfectly balanced. And the, like I say, there is moments in the film where I was genuinely laughing out loud in stitches, and then there was moments where I was fucking shitting myself, goosebumps on my arm, hairs on the back of my neck, shitting myself on the couch. So this film just does it so perfectly um can't say enough good things about it i would highly recommend it if you have shudder go and watch this if you don't have shudder go and get shudder and then watch this because this is like shudder is 4.99 a month this is worth 4.99 on its own like if you went to hmv and you saw this dvd and probably it wouldn't be 4.99 it would be probably seven eight pounds or something like that and you bought this dvd off hmv or wherever place you would buy your dvds from you would be like fucking hell that was worth the money well you can get a whole streaming service for 4.99 with this movie included so 100 go and check out uh deadstream it's it was it's one of the best found footage films i've ever seen it's such a fun ride i would highly 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 recommend it so just just yeah go and watch it you'll have an absolute blast and i actually think this film would be great to watch with friends like i watched it on my own because uh, i don't have any friends oh no I, I, <laughs> I do have friends obviously but um this would be great to watch with friends to see their reaction as well because again they'll be laughing they will be shitting themselves at the same time this would be a super fun film to watch at like a party or something like that it's not too long it's only like 80 85 minutes or something like that something like that so deadstream go and check it out brilliant 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 foul footage film i'll give it an 8.5 out of 10 i don't think there was much wrong with it um the only reason it's not a 10 out of 10 is probably because i'm not a huge found footage fan um but i thought it was it was it was 
brilliant. But probably give it a 9 out of 10, actually. It was that good. 9 out of 10. Just fuck it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, coming in uh, day number 12, we watched Sissy, which is another Shudder exclusive. Um, and this is a slasher style. Well, it is 100% a slasher film. And it very much is in the realm of Sleepaway Camp 2, in a in a way because you have this girl who is this again she's like a youtuber she's like an instagram person and uh, she bumps into her friend from high school who she was kind of best friends with when they were well, not high school when uh, like junior school kind of like um middle school i suppose in america but you know junior school in our country in the uk and she she bumps into her and she ends up going on a night out with her and her friends and then they get she gets invited to her hen party that weekend at this at this cabin in this lodge in the woods area and uh, for one that made it a bit strange because she would 100% not go but it slowly becomes evident that uh, sissy or cecilia in this film isn't quite, you know, with it. She is not quite compassmentous. She is a few sandwiches short of a picnic. She has massive Angela Baker in Sleepaway Camp 2 vibes for me. Just where you think she puts on this front of me, this happy, happy-go-lucky person, and then she just snaps and then kills people in this most elaborate way. Some of the kills in this film shocked me they took me by surprise i didn't think this was going to be this over-the-top gory slasher film it does not come across that way in the in you know the description it doesn't come across that way on the poster and i'll tell you what if you put this movie on you would think you're watching the wrong movie that i'm describing because the first 20 minutes of this film you're thinking it's very like chick flicky very um not american pie but you know kind of like um, and kind of a, a more mature chick flick, um, mid-noughties kind of comedy film. It 100% doesn't come across as a fucking gore fest like it actually is. And some of the kills, like I say, some of the kills in this film were some of the best I've seen all year and have only been topped by Terrifier 2. So let that sink in. If you haven't seen Sissy go and check it out. If you like gory slasher films with over-the-top kills and a very fucking awesome killer, in my opinion, in Sissy or Cecilia, go and check this film out. You would absolutely love it. It's, yeah, I was shocked by it and I'm singing its praises because it was just fucking brilliant. So Sissy on Shudder, that was our one on day 12. Given that a solid 8.5 out of 10 again, that was just, it was it was shockingly good. There's only about six kills in the film, I think. Maybe six, maybe six kills, I think it is, yeah. Um, but man, do they land. Do they land. It has the practicals. It has the great feeling around, you know, it kind of feels like an 80s slasher. It's just, it, it great stuff, great stuff. Go and check it out. <clears throat> Sissy also streaming on Shudder. So for $4.99, you've got two, honestly, two of the best films of the year in Deadstream and Sissy. Go and check them out. Bloody awesome. Now, day number 13 is one of my favorite movies in the Halloween franchise. Um, and that is 
Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I watch this every single Halloween religiously. I do. I just think it's an awesome entry into the Rob Zombie, uh, into the Rob Zombie, into the, um, into the Halloween franchise. It's one of my favorites. It's in my top three. It kind of just gets usually pushed around in the top three or four, but I just love Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And um, I was lucky enough to see Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton at For the Love of Horror the other week. And they love Rob Zombie's Halloween too. And I know that's probably a bit of a cliche because they were in the film. You would think they have to and they have to like the film. But no, they genuinely had a blast making this film. They love Rob. They love Tyler. They love Malcolm. They love that whole family that they created when they were making these two films. And it was just awesome to hear. And do you know, this film is getting more love now. It's getting a real cult following finally. Um, and it's getting a lot more praise than it definitely used to. It's still got its haters. It's still got the people who don't like it. You know, people always bring up the white horse and all that nonsense. But at the end of the day, the white horse parts of the film is such a minor, minor thing. And, you know, let's be real, it was there to shoehorn Sherry Moon Zombie into the film. I completely understand that, and I completely understand why people don't like that side of it. But the rest of the film, it's got the most brutal portrayal of Myers in pretty much the whole franchise. And this is the thing, people who slated this film now are giving it a lot of love because they watched... Halloween ends and what they did to Michael Myers versus what Rob Zombie did. Jesus. So I just been living on the sewer for four years, whereas Myers lived on in like just didn't live in the sewer, but he just lived homeless for a year, which is probably, you know, correct after what happened in the first one. And he was eating dogs, whereas this one, four years later, he's just been living in the sewer. We're gonna talk about Halloween ends shortly, so just stick with me on that. But Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, I absolutely, I love it. And I, I've always enjoyed it. I've never understood really the hate for it. It's got great kills. Jesus, the scene, the scene between Danielle, uh, when when Brad Dorif, as Sheriff Brackett, finds Annie's body, Danielle Harris, that scene is just heartbreaking, heartbreaking to watch. And, and do you know, one thing I noticed on this watch, and I've seen this film 10, 15 times, Malcolm McDowell in this film, and this is another reason why people say they don't like it because oh, they what they did to Loomis was disgraceful. It complete. This isn't the same Halloween, you know. At the end of the day, this is not Malcolm McDowell playing Doctor Loomis that Donald Pleasance played. It's the same character by name and association only. He he's not the same character. He didn't go through the same thing that Donald Pleasance's Loomis went through. It's a completely different character with a completely different backstory in a sense that he 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 treated a completely different Michael Myers to the one that Dr. Loomis, Donald Pleasance, you know, treated, but it's a completely different person. By name by name only is he the same person. That's like saying Sartain in Halloween 2018, oh, well, he's just Loomis, but he's not. He's nothing like Loomis. Even though he has been looking after Michael Myers, you know, the same amount of time that Loomis would have been. <sighs> you know, it's one of the... I could talk about it for hours and hours and hours on end. But on this on this um, watch, I noticed that Malcolm McDowell, who is fucking hilarious in this as Dr. Loomis, 
he and his assistant in this uh, really reminded me of um, Alan Partridge and Lynn, which is probably more one for our UK listeners. A lot of American listeners are like, who the fuck's Alan Partridge? Steve Coogan, Alan Partridge. I'm Alan Partridge. And obviously his assistant, Lynn. Just the, 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 the chemistry between Malcolm McDowell and his assistant in this and the way he speaks to her and how he feels like he's a, on another level to her. You know, I want a cup of tea and I want it sizzling hot with PG tips or whatever he says. PG tips, you know, and I need it sizzling hot, you know. It's like, and he says something else. He's like, uh, it's business, woman. It's business. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, it's very distasteful. It's like, I think, uh, what did he say? He's like, you wouldn't know business if it came and slapped you in the face or something like that. It's absolute, you know, you wouldn't know a business opportunity if it came and slapped you in the face. I can't remember what he says, but he's brilliant in it. It's absolutely brilliant. I want a cup of tea and I want it sizzling hot. It's just, oh, I honestly, I love Rob Zombie's <laughs> Halloween too. And when the guy who goes and meets him at the book signing and, um, you know, he's like, oh, can you make it out to, uh, what was it Trevor, the bringer of death? And he's looking at him like, okay. Like his facial expression. Malcolm McDowell in this. And the, 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 the press conference where, where he's plugging his book and then he asks any questions like, oh, do you think Michael Myers is still alive? And he goes, how many times do I have to fucking spell it out for you? Michael Myers is dead. D-E-A-D. <laughs> it's just like, oh. I love it. I love Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. I really do. I just, I don't understand the hate for it. And I feel like the people who do hate it or say they hate it, maybe some people, you know, not everyone is going to like every film. And that's totally cool. But I feel like it's got to the point sometimes with this film where some people say they didn't, they didn't like it when it was cool to hate on Rob Zombie and the Rob Zombie Halloween films in particular, because they were an easy target at the time. And they've kind of dug this their own grave for so long that they and they've slated it for years and years and years and years. And they probably feel like now maybe it's not quite as bad as they thought. And actually is a really cool film. And you know, fair play to Rob. He made a completely original Halloween film, which has not been done. And I don't care what you say. Halloween 2018, Halloween ends, Halloween kills, they are not original films. Honestly, the fucking garbage of a trilogy rob zombie's halloween 2 he did something original for the first time since probably the early 90s when uh halloween fucking 6 came out so um that that was the only film really that was original since well we had then h2o then we had resurrection which again we're just regurgitating fucking jamie lee curtis and laurie strode then we had rob zombie's films which are you know Take, original take then we're back on jamie lee curtis and this is why the halloween franchise i don't know it needs to move on from jamie lee curtis it needs to move on from laura Strode. i hope it's finished but we're going to get to that shortly but rob zombies halloween 2 I, I do just think that people are hating on this now because they feel like they can't change their opinion on it because they've slated it for so long and it's not cool to it's like it's like nickelback in my and i know i'm, I'm raging on here and raging on and raging on um it's like nickelback people in the rock and metal community have slated nickelback for years and years and saying how shit they are 
whilst also singing along to How You Remind Me and Photograph, you guarantee they know all the words to How You Remind Me and all the words to Photograph and all the words to, you know, Rockstar and fucking, you know, Far Away and, you know, Hero. Uh, That's more of a Chad Kroger song, isn't it? But all of those songs, all these big Nickelback songs, they'll know all the words and we'll sing along to them if they go on in the car. But in public, they'll be like, oh, fucking Nickelback. What a bunch of shit cunts they are. Not going to listen to them. Well, actually, you you know all the words. You know, oh, let me just stick how you remind me on and let me watch you not sing this because you can't not because it's an anthem. And I feel like it's very similar with Rob Zombie's films. It's Or Rob Zombie Halloween 2 in particular. People just think it's cool to hit on it. And it isn't, you know. So for me, it's awesome. I can't say enough good things about it. Uh, and I'm going to stop there talking about Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 because... I don't want to rab it on <laughs> and turn this into the Rob Zombie Halloween 2 episode because I know we're already uh, pushing on for time. But yeah, love it. I'm going to do an, a special episode of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 so I can really delve into it and, and go through everything. And that's probably going to be a, a fucking mad three-hour podcast. But yeah, I love it. 8.5, 9 out of 10, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. Okay, I'm going to blast through the next two and not really talk too much about them because... Uh, I'm very conscious that we're not even halfway through this list, so <laughs> uh, I might pair a couple of them up together. So, uh, day 14, we watched Paranormal Activity, the original one. This is actually one of the few films in the world ever that has genuinely freaked me the fuck out. Um, I remember this coming out, I remember watching it for the first time, and people were genuinely terrified of this of this film. It was it was a phenomenon. It was a found footage. And really, these found footage films, I always say this one, especially for films like Paranormal Activity, The Blair Witch, they're only scary the first time you watch them. And they're only scary until the sequel comes out. Because as soon as the sequel comes out, you know it's fake. I mean, you kind of have to know it's fake anyway. But most some people thought this was genuinely real. People thought this was an actual real movie and, and real events. And it comes across that way because it's so low budget. Like it was made for, was it $10,000 or something like that? It was something incredible. It was, it was had a budget of like $10,000, but then made like a hundred million dollars at the box office or something insane. So, but it's one of those films that is so low budget and so well done that it feels real. It The acting doesn't feel like acting. It feels like just, watching two people in in a in a house you know and and they're filming each other and and going through this this haunting together and it's it feels fucking real so yeah and then obviously when the second one comes out it kind of confirms that it's not real but at the end of the day this really does come across as a real documentary style film um and it freaks me out it still it doesn't freak me out as much now because you know it you know it's not real but when this film came out man i was freaked out completely i was just fucking <laughs> like what the fuck is this and it's true because if you watch this footage if someone just gave you this footage like this guy who made this film if he just showed this footage to someone just like fuck look at this look at this footage that's happening in my house right now you would be fucking freaking out at the at the sight of that footage um and it because it looks so real you know it looks so real i think there's certain bits of it that kind of don't look as genuine um the especially the end scene where she kind of takes a bite out of the camera that kind of ruins it 
Um, the Ouija board that sets on fire as well, that's maybe a little bit OTT. I think the scratchiness maybe of the board is probably enough. It's subtle enough. It doesn't really need to set on fire. But it, it, the rest of it, man, it feels fucking real and is a really scary, really genuinely, in my opinion, one of the scariest films because it feels like... You know, I I know Freddy Krueger's not going to go into my dreams. I I know that, you know, I don't know, like Pinhead's not going to come for me or something and drag me to hell. But this could potentially happen and is somewhat in the realm of possibility. Um, And that's what, that's the scariest part about it for me. So yeah, Paranormal Activity is a great film. Um, And I'm giving it a solid 8 out of 10. Really, really solid film. Um, right, let's blast through a few more of these. So, number 15, not going to talk about this at all. Scare Me, it's on Shudder. It's fucking garbage, in my opinion. This was really hard to get through. And a shame, because it's been on my watch list for quite a while. But, that man, this was a slog. And uh, I knew half an hour into it that I wasn't going to enjoy this film. Because, well, if you've seen Scare Me, you'll know the type of film it is. Um... And it's kind of like an anthology where someone's telling the story, but instead of it cutting to the actual film footage of the story, it's just those two people telling stories. And my, I knew half an hour into this, I was like, I'm not going to enjoy this. But I have this horrible tendency to, even if I know I'm not going to enjoy the film, even if I know it's going to be garbage, I have to finish it because it might get good. This never did, and uh, I this was probably the lowest... Um, ranked or rated film in my opinion on this list scare me just was not a fan of it uh two out of ten it was a slog fest <laughs> i just wasn't a fan of it uh coming in number i said coming in i said again number 16 we watched hellraiser 2022's hellraiser and uh, i was super excited for this one because i knew that everyone was kind of saying that this was the best in the franchise since the original one um it's not in my opinion it's not the best in the franchise since the original um but i would put it in the top five of the franchise i still think the original trilogy are better than this and i would probably say i enjoy inferno equally or more than this um whereas the rest of them yes it's better than the rest of them easily uh so i'd probably put it in the top five of the franchise but i had an absolute blast with this i i can't remember the um the person who plays pinhead is it jamie um oh my god i can't remember her surname but she's called jamie man let me just give her a quick let me just find out i'm just gonna give it a quick search because uh hellraiser 2022 cast come on Jamie Clayton, Jamie Clayton, she, uh, well, I think, uh, I think, um, yeah, she's she, because she, she's, she's trans, but she is she, um, is a pronoun, I believe, and um, she was awesome as Pinhead, absolutely fucking awesome, and uh, I, I think that was probably the thing that really um, didn't do Judgment and Revelations, which was the previous two Hellraisers, any favours, because it was two different guys playing Pinhead, one of them actually looked okay. The one in Judgment looked pretty similar to Doug Bradley. The one in Revelations, which is the one you see all over the internet on the memes that go around, obviously 
doesn't look anything like Doug Bradley. Um, but so for this, a completely fresh start. Um, I love the design of all the Cenobites. I thought it was they were they were beautifully made. I liked how they were made from skin rather than like chains and leather. So it was like their skin that was disfigured across their body rather than you know having hooks in them or anything like that. I really enjoyed that aspect. I thought the 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 story was pretty good. It was a fun, fun a decent story. Um, I think it was just because that the original Trilly holds a very special place in my heart, as does Inferno. So it was probably difficult for it to, to be better than those ones. But that's not saying it's a bad film. It's a really great film, a fantastic addition to the Hellraiser franchise. I hope we get more uh, Hellraiser movies with Jamie Clayton and you know those that cast of Cenobites and, and also the, um, the new Cenobite, which was created at the end of this film, um, which I'm not going to say anything about. I'm going to try and keep that spoiler free because it's a relatively new film. Um, but there's, let's say there's a new Cenobite created at the end of the film, and I hope they kind of feature that that Cenobite in the next one. Because surely this was a, this is a successful film. I think it's had really rave reviews. So surely to God they're going to make some more, you would imagine. Um, so yeah, Hellraiser 2022 was great film. Can't say... Uh, uh, much bad about it, really. The, the 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 effects were great. The story was cool. The Cenobites were awesome. Um, and yeah, I had I had a great time watching it. I say it wasn't quite as good as the originals and uh, original three and Inferno for me. Um, but that's just my opinion. A lot of people are saying it is, and that's cool as well. I could totally see where people are coming from. The Hellraiser franchise has just been completely shit on the last. 10 years so this is a real return to form and hopefully pushes the franchise in the right direction we get more hellraiser films hopefully um so day six the day 17 rather we watched the 1978 classic dawn of the dead which is one of my favorite zombie films ever made george romero's classic tom savini effects just Ken Faree. I've actually just framed my signed Dawn of the Dead poster, which I got signed at Wales Comic Con in April by the legend Ken Faree himself. So I've literally just got that framed today. And the reason I have been waiting since April to frame it, and it was the reason that we watched this film on day 17, was because we were meant to meet Tom Savini at For the Love of Horror. So we like, oh, we'll watch Dawn of the Dead. And uh, I'm taking my Dawn of the Dead film to film uh, poster to get signed by him at the convention. Uh, and he just didn't, he, it sounded like it really went, there was a real breakdown in communication from Tom's side and he didn't come, he just, there was no reason, he didn't have anything on, I think he just didn't want to come from the sounds of it, which is a real, real shame actually, because I was super, super excited to see him and get him to sign my Dawn of the Dead poster, which is also signed by Ken Faree. Uh, but I hung that today, and yeah, what, what more can you say about Dawn of the Dead? It's just, it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. The the gore effects are still stomach-churning to this day, which is something that I really noticed on this watch. I mean, we were having our tea at the same time that we were watching this, and I was like, oh my God, like, my stomach doesn't churn really at all when I'm watching horror or gory films, but this, I just, I don't know, it was just... I don't know, I've seen Dawn of the Dead so many times that I thought I was just accustomed to it. But on this viewing, maybe I wasn't feeling too well anyway myself, I don't know. But man, my stomach was going, I was like, Jesus, the effect, great stuff. And I was just thinking, <laughs> when we were watching it, I was like, what must people in 1978 have made of this film? Because you had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 74, you had Night of the Living Dead, obviously, in the 60s, 
You had Halloween in 78, and then you had Dawn of the Dead in 78 as well. Maybe Dawn of the Dead came out before Halloween, I'm not sure. But obviously there isn't a lot of gore in any of those films. But this this is like one of the... I, I think one of the, uh, the, the first really gory films, you know, in the... That, that was released in around that time and this was like over the top goal this was peak savini in my opinion i think he just everything that tom savini touched in this film turned to gold it was just great stuff so um great effects and obviously you see savini i think twice in this film does he play two he plays a zombie and he plays one of the bikers as well so uh ken free is awesome in this just the whole film is is fantastic. The only thing I didn't like about this, or I don't like about this film, is the scene where um, they're moving the the trucks to block the doors of the um, of the shopping mall, and for some reason they take the helicopter up, and I don't understand the reasoning behind that because surely they could just stand on the roof and they would have an equally good view of the zombies, I, I never understood why they took the helicopter up, especially when there is obviously a lack of petrol <laughs> and stuff that's got actually made a flight. Obviously, at the end of the film, they get in the helicopter to fly away, uh, and they're like, oh, how much fuel have we got? And we're like, oh, not a lot. Hopefully it'll last us. It's like, well, yeah, you, you don't have a lot of petrol because you were flying the helicopter around the car park for no reason earlier in the film. Uh, that for me, like that's the only bit that always gets me with Dawn of the Dead. Why are you taking a helicopter up there? It makes no sense. So uh, yeah, but Dawn of the Dead's fucking awesome, isn't it? 1978, solid eight out of ten. Uh, then the next night we watched both Wreck and Wreck Two. Uh, I'm just going to talk about these both at the same time. But I enjoyed Wreck much more than I enjoyed Wreck Two. I thought Wreck Two was great as well. I really, you could tell that due to the success of Wreck, that um rec 2 had an instantly bigger budget um you could just tell from how smooth the camera was and but this is a found footage film uh, and i like how you get the reasoning behind the fact that they have to keep the film rolling because they're filming this documentary for their news channel and they need to film it as evidence because they're getting locked into they've been locked into the building by the police and you know the 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 I suppose the Spanish FBI outside as well, so they have to document it, so they have video proof, so if they can sue them when they get out. Just this is a great. It's a the first film is a great zombie film. The second film it kind of goes more into kind of a um, um, kind of like a, a you know possessed style horror film rather than like a zombie film. They're still zombies, but they're possessed zombies. Um, but they work together perfectly. And I watched them back to back, first time views again. Uh, and I love how, you know, they they basically, you could finish Wreck and then instantly put on Wreck 2 and it just picks up the second that Wreck finishes. Really great. I also really enjoy the attention to detail in Wreck 2 where that some of the people who were in Wreck 1 or at least I think they're supposed to be the same characters are in Rec 2, maybe played by different people. I hope they're played by the same people. I think that would be really cool and real great attention to detail, but I feel like they might be played by different actors. Um, and, you, you know, you see their zombies in Rec 2 running around. So it's just a, two great films, really good found footage films. And I think out of the three, uh, sorry, the four found footage films that we watched, you know, we, we've watched... 
Well, actually, there's another found footage film coming up as well that we watched later in the month. But uh, out of those ones that we watched, technically another one's a found footage film, I suppose, as well. But not really. Um, but yeah, th- we've picked some good found footage films to watch. And this was... Um, both of these, top of the tree. And actually, we're going to um, Port Ventura in uh, June in Salou, Spain. First time taking days. I love Port Ventura. I absolutely love it. Used to go all the time as a kid. Uh, so we're going there in June. Um, it's a family holiday. And there's a wreck experience at um, Port Ventura, which I'm really looking forward to checking out. Um, it's in what used to be a, one of my favorite rides, actually, when I was a kid, uh, called Sea Odyssey. Um, it was one of my favorite rides. It was a simulator ride. Uh, when I was a kid, well, they basically ripped that whole building out and made this, like, scare attraction based on Wreck. Because obviously, Wreck is film is, is a Spanish film. It's in subtitles. So great property for them to, to do that with. I just hope it's still there when we go in June. I think it will be. I think it's been there for a couple of years now uh, and seems to... I think it's an upcharge attraction and I think it's a one that is really popular because Rex a huge film in Spain. So I think... Um, I can't wait to check that out. I think that'll be super fun to check out. Um, so yeah, that was Rec and Rec 2. Uh, I would probably give the original Rec 8 out of 10 and the second one 7 out of 10. But both were great films. Both were, were top-notch. Um, well, we're getting there now. We're in the, the final 12 films <laughs> we've, we've finally got. I don't even know how long we've been uh, recording. Only an hour and kind of 10 minutes or so, an hour and 15. That's not too bad. So it's going to be uh, it's gonna be pretty respectful time. Um, so yeah, day 20, uh, another first time watch for me was Scare Package, which was a found foot, uh, not a found footage, but an anthology film. Um, and this was, a, again, something that I wasn't expecting it to be like it was. I kind of... I knew it was an anthology film, and I knew a lot of people had said that they really enjoyed it, but this was so my street, man. This was so on my level. It was... Every single sketch was cheesy. It was gory. It was, you know, questionable acting, but that was on purpose. Um, Each of the segments just you know, blended into each other perfectly. I just thought it was a fucking quality, quality uh, anthology movie. Um, the gore in this, especially the first one where they are kind of like a, having a take on Friday the 13th, it's so self-referential as well. Like, they have so many um, references to different horror movies that are in, you know, it's just, it's just great. Joe Bob Briggs is in this film as well. I can't say enough good things about it. Scare Package um, is a one on Shudder. Again, another one on Shudder. Go and check it out. It's worth, uh, I would give it a 7 out of 10. It's worth the money so just for this film as well. It reminds me a lot of films that you get. It was like a, a higher end, a higher budget film, um, but in the same kind of vein of films that you get from Scream Team releasing, which are all kind of indie, low-budget horror films. But this reminded me a lot, especially in the way it was shot. And I think, actually, the guy who made this next film I'm going to say about had something to do with this film, maybe. But it was shot, and it was, like, the effects and the acting is very similar in the same kind of vein as Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. So... If you're a fan of Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 and that kind of style, 
style of gore, style of acting, style of humour, style of film in being shot in general, then you would, I think, enjoy Scare Package. So definitely would recommend Scare Package. Um, go and check it out. Now, let me just take a quick sip of my beer. Because time has come. The 21st horror movie that we watched, or that I watched, Halloween Ends. Man, it's been a crazy ride, hasn't it? Um, the David Gordon Green trilogy. And man, what a mess. What a mess of a trilogy. So sad. So sad, in my opinion, because they've progressively got worse. You know, uh, I went to, when I watched Halloween 2018, I thought it was actually quite good. Um, and I still think it's a good film. I still think it's a good standalone film and I feel like is a pretty decent 40 years later sequel to the original Halloween. It has its flaws, obviously, Sartain and, you know, just a few other minor points, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis being locked up in a house of 40 years, whatever, you know becoming kind of like Home Alone and Rambo and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but 2018 is a pretty decent film on its own. Then Kills came out, and uh, I was hot and cold on it. I really enjoyed the flashback scenes. I thought they were brilliantly done. I think David Gordon Green needs a lot of praise for the work he did on the flashback scenes. I thought they were seamless. I thought they looked incredible. Then the final kind of 45 minutes of the film happened, the whole chasing the guy who's clearly not Michael Myers around the hospital. Evil dies tonight. We had some great kills. We had the, the the fireman scene, which was awesome as well. So it wasn't all bad. But this, this film, it would have it would have been better. And I think this probably was the plan. Had COVID not happened, it probably was the plan to have Halloween 2018, Halloween kills, and then Halloween ends all happen canonically in the same night but then covid happened they had two years off people have aged like hawkins man hawkins in this i didn't realize it was him i didn't realize it was him he has aged so much even since kills he aged so much so i can totally see totally see why they they had to jump forward in time somewhat but four years man yeah and it got to the point, it got to the point in this film where I would have preferred them to just not have Michael Myers in it, in all honesty. Um, I feel like they came up with this idea where they were like, oh, well, let's introduce, and spoilers, introduce a new killer and Corey Cunningham and make the film about him. And that's totally fine. Roy burns us all day long. I'm totally fine with that. I love Friday the 13th Part 5 completely Roy Burns us. Take Michael Myers out the equation, but do it properly. Don't half-arse it. Don't give us a film about a new character called Corey Cunningham, who had nothing to do with the other two films in the trilogy, but then shoehorn Michael Myers into it as well. Go hard or go home. Either stand by your shit or don't. And they bottled it, in my opinion. They completely bottled it. I would have preferred Michael Myers to have been killed in the first 10 minutes of this film. 
Maybe that would have been an issue because people might have walked out the cinema. I don't know. Um, I don't know how they would have got around it. But also, don't make a trilogy <laughs> about Michael Myers and the town of Haddonfield and then not have Michael Myers really in the final film and make it all about somebody else. I would have totally... Honestly, Corey Cunningham was the best part of the film, in my opinion. I thought he was great. I thought the guy who played Corey was fantastic. I thought his scenes were top-notch. I thought his kills were great. But Jesus, the scenes with Michael Myers and Laurie Strode... Laurie Strode, like... (sighs) Again, I'm trying. I don't want to talk too much about it because I've got loads of films to talk about still. But we're probably going to do our own Halloween ends, uh, you know, discussion. But Laurie Strode, Michael Myers, Michael Myers is dead. D E A D. No, anyway. <laughs> Michael Myers was safely locked away in a sanitarium or in a prison, wherever he was, you know, for forty years. There was no way that man was getting out. Obviously, he did in the end. But for 40 years, he was safely locked away. Whilst Laurie Strode destroyed her family, her relationships, locked herself in like fucking some sort of hermit and was terrified to leave the house and, you know, created these booby traps in the highly unlikely event that Michael Myers was going to go and get her. Bear in mind, in this timeline, Michael Myers has no connection to Laurie Strode whatsoever. He's not her brother. He has no idea who she is. And he only really spent 10 minutes chasing her around the house in the first film. And maybe a couple of stalking scenes earlier on, but he doesn't probably even know who she is. Doesn't give a shit. And and then Michael Myers escapes, kills whatever it was, 25 people in one night... And then she's now living her life like nothing ever happened. Like, Michael Myers was never caught. He could be living next door for all she knows. And uh, she's just living her life like a cutty-cutter grandma. And the dialogue between Laurie Strode, in my opinion, was some of them surely tits line. It was just, just wasn't great. And, um, yeah, I'm trying. There was another point I was going to quickly make there, and I've totally forgotten but i like the music i thought the music as it has been in this whole trilogy was fantastic john carpenter did the score and uh the music was absolutely incredible i i just thought that was one of the best parts about it and uh, i wasn't necessarily that upset about how they killed off uh michael in the end you know with the slowly bleeding him out on the table i didn't really mind that too much i thought the whole carrying him on top of the car to the to the wood chipper thing was was a bit cringy. It was very, very much in the vein of Halloween Kills with the whole evil dice tonight kind of thing. Um, but he's definitely dead. <laughs> like, I actually thought that she was maybe going to get going there with him because she kind of like pushed him in the way she went in. So uh, obviously that didn't happen. Um, and yeah, and the thing is they killed Corey off as well. So like, where do they go? Is this just the end now? Is this the end of the franchise? Like, it's the end of David Gordon Green in the Halloween franchise, that's for certain. Um, but yeah, and I didn't... The whole the fight scene where Corey goes and gets the mask off Michael Myers, like, Jesus, that was dreadful. And um, the whole... Do you know there was a scene when we see Michael Myers in the sewer 
And it very much reminded me of one of the first scenes we see him in the sewer. And it reminded me of the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean or one of the scenes in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know, where they're part of the ship because he was part of the wall. Like he was just attached to the wall. And then like he reminded me of the whole part of the crew, part of the ship. It's like, what is this? And then when Corey brings him the guy to kill and then he's kind of Michael's like hulking up like, like Hulk Hogan and like ripping his shirt off and, like, what is this? So there is obviously some sort of supernatural element to Michael Myers in this trilogy because he grabs hold of um, Corey and then he transfers some of his evil to him. I, I don't know. Like, I wasn't a fan of Halloween Ends. I, and I, I liked Corey, but go hard or go home with that. Either go full on Corey Cunningham or don't. And it just seemed needless and this whole trilogy has just been in my opinion a massive waste of potential a massive waste of everyone's time it's such a shame that jamie lee curtis is championing this film as much as she is i think in a few years time she's going to have a very different opinion on this i totally get that she's plugging it right now because she has to because it's her film but i feel like in a couple of years time she's going to have a very different narrative to talk about when it comes to david gordon green's trilogy uh, and the end of michael myers and laurie strode's story such a shame such a wasted opportunity of a trilogy in my opinion so all over the place we'll probably do our own halloween ends episode because i've got as you can tell i've got so much to say that's just off the top of my head um i've got no notes here or anything like that so i i'm gonna leave it there for halloween ends and i'm gonna give it a five out of ten but i feel like we're gonna do our own halloween ends you know episode at some point in time so the next one that we watched was terrifier the original terrifier and uh, this is because we were going to meet david howard thornton and damian leone at for the love of horror the uh that weekend and uh they were they were just awesome like two of the nicest guests two of the nicest celebrities i've ever met and I, there was a big queue for david howard thornton but he was having a chat with everyone he was super super nice and uh my my wife is terrified about the clown but as soon as she met damien and she met david i think she actually got a different opinion of them i thought i really think she did i think um i think she now could potentially watch terrifier maybe not that scene because i think that particular scene uh in terrifier where the woman gets sawed in half down the middle uh i I don't want to say it offends my wife because nothing really offends her but i feel like it upset her shall we say it's an upsetting scene especially i think if you're a woman uh probably not so if you're a man but um if we saw a man get sawed in half with his bollocks hanging down that would probably uh that would be a bit uh god that's a one for very terrifier three (laughs) um but yeah the original terrifier I love this film. I first watched it probably in 2016, 17 when the DVD came out. It was one of them. I was just looking around HMV. I saw the DVD and I was like, I need to buy that. That looks so cool. Uh, And I was blown away by it. And I was a big fan of uh, Art the Clown and Damien Leone and Terrifier ever since. And I've been looking forward to meeting them and seeing Terrifier 2 since then. Um, And just, yeah, just Terrifier is is a phenomenon that, grew on word of mouth basically it had 
pretty much no theatrical release in America. It was made on $100,000. It was distributed by Fangoria and potentially Bloody Disgusting. And uh, in fact, Bloody Disgusting, I don't think were part, uh, even involved in the first one, but Fangoria were. It was um, uber low budget, uber gory, and just a, a phenomenon was created. And over the past four years... Everyone has been talking about that particular kill in Terrifier, and all the kills are good in Terrifier, really. But that particular kill where uh, the girl gets sawed in half, everyone that has built a reputation for Terrifier, for Damien Leone. And, um, you know, that has helped with, obviously, the success of Terrifier 2. It's been a natural growth over the past five years, however long it's been, that they've, that, you know... Terrifier has been building and people have been buying the DVDs, buying the merchandise and getting ready for Terrifier 2. I love Terrifier. I think it's a, a great film. It's super fast-paced. It's only about, what, 80 minutes in length, if that. Uh, there is great kills. There is not really any bad kills in this film. Uh, maybe the janitor kills a bit lame, but the rest of them are pretty solid. Great gore, great kills. Art the Clown. Basically, this film is just Art the Clown going around killing people. Like, there isn't a huge amount of sub substance to it. There isn't a huge plot to it or anything like that. It's just Art the Clown going around killing people in really elaborate and gory ways, and I can't get enough of it. I absolutely love it. Uh, I watch it all the time. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I have Terrifier figures. I, uh, I have uh, multiple Terrifier figures. Uh, I have um, custom figures. I have um, custom busts. Uh, I obviously have the Trick or Treat Studios one, the Trick Art the Clown masks, um, which actually I, I got the Trick or Treat Studios toy signed by David and Damien at the convention. I'm a huge Terrifier fan, and I'm borderline, especially after Terrifier 2, ready to get my Art the Clown tattoo. My wife does not want me to get that tattoo, um, but I am very tempted to get a Terrifier tattoo um, somewhere. <laughs> I just love the franchise. I love the films i love the character i love the gore i love the fact that it's wholly independent damien leone did say in his q and a at the convention that he would never sell terrifier to a big company kind of like blumhouse or universal or anyone like that or paramount he wants to have 100 percent control over terrifier so he said if they want to come to him and make a film about something else he would gladly do it but terrifier is always going to be independent which is awesome to hear i think i think i think um i think it doesn't need to be a big studio because as has been proven with terrify 2 which we're going to get into you don't need a big studio i mean <laughs> they did this on their own <laughs> they're making millions of dollars like millions of dollars they're making millions of dollars on their own like it's incredible so yeah i love terrifier uh, and I would give it a solid 8 out of 10. I absolutely think it's a brilliant film. And uh, I think everyone has seen Terrifier. I mean, maybe not everyone, because now people have seen Terrifier 2, maybe without seeing the original Terrifier. So go and watch Terrifier. Um, you won't be disappointed. And uh, I feel like this film's going to slowly just become more of a... like, a, like a, a hidden... not a hidden gem, because it's one of those where it's so... It is so different to Terrifier 2, this film, and we're going to get into Terrifier 2 momentarily, but um, yeah, 
I love Terrifier, and I would give it a easily solid 8 out of 10. I just think it's fucking awesome. Um, right, so coming in number 23, coming in number 23, day 23, is Jason Rising, which is a fan film on YouTube. Um, I think I think Friday the 13th must have more fan films out there than any other franchise like at all like it's just insane isn't it so um jason rising is uh, a brilliant friday the 13th fan film um i think i've spoken about it previously on the podcast only briefly um but i really don't want to spoil it for you because i feel like that kind of takes away the fun of this film so i'm just going to say go and check out jason rising if you're a fan of the original Friday the 13th of Mrs. Voorhees, you'll like this. And the, um, Alice from the uh, original Friday the 13th, and she's in this film as well. She does a cameo. Um, so it, it's a really great film. Uh, Vincent DeSante, who does the Never Hike Alone films, he plays Jason in this film as well. And it's kind of like a, a, a kind of a, a collab with Womp Stomp and... Um, the guys who made this Jason Rising film, which apologies, I've totally forgot which studio it was. But yeah, Vincent DeSante is behind it, who obviously is a bit of a... the king of fan films, really, on YouTube. So um, Jason Rising, it's really super fun. Some great kills, questionable acting, but that's what all fan films are known for. And uh, that also adds to, in my opinion, the charm of uh, fan films. Um you know i couldn't make it i couldn't make a film i would love to make a film but i wouldn't have a fucking clue how to make a film um so i just think my hat is off to all of these people who can create these films on such a low budget and for the love of it because they can't make any money from these films really they they are zero profit films so you know fair play to all these guys who go out their way to do it because it's fucking dedication and it's absolute love. And uh, Jason Rising is a great example. It's about an hour in length and it's on YouTube. It's free of charge to watch. And um, I would massively recommend you do it. Not going to spoil any of it, but I would just say if you enjoy Mrs. Voorhees and you enjoy Friday the 13th fan films and you haven't seen this, go and check it out. It's awesome. And I would probably give, I would give it a 6.5 out of 10. A solid 6.5 out of 10 as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a good film. It's a good film. So, um, right. Number uh, day 24, we watched Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which is uh, obviously, as you guys know, if you're a longtime listener of the podcast, is my favorite Nightmare on Elm Street film. Um, again, at Fall of Horror, I actually got to meet uh, five of the Dream Warriors. There was Rodney Easton, um who plays Joey, there was Bradley Gregg, who played Philip, Ken Sagos, who plays Kincaid, uh, Jennifer Rubin, who plays Taryn, was there, and Ira Hayden, who plays Will, was there as well. So I got all their autographs, added them to my Dream Warriors poster. Uh, they were all super fun, and I, I was really chuffed because uh, actually the, probably the coolest one was um, Bradley Gregg, who plays Philip, which is a real surprise. Um, and he had we had a really good chat, actually, about um, how... You know, they filmed the scene with the veins coming out of his arms before his his kill in the film. So that was a that was a really, really cool experience, that. And uh, he was a super nice guy. Ken Sagos was as sassy as I wanted him to be. I thought he was he was fucking great. Um, you know, <laughs> I walked up and I just gave him the posters. Oh, hey Ryan. And I was like, Oh, how do you know my name? He's like, I'm fucking psychic. But 
the poster was already signed by Robert England and it says to Ryan. So he just read the poster. But um he was sassy, you know. He we had a I had a good little uh, little conversation with him. Uh, they were all cool. They were all super cool people. Uh, so yeah, Dream Warriors. But I just love Dream Warriors. I just think it's it's the perfect blend. This is the last film where Freddy is scary, really. I mean, and it's and he's still comedic in this film. There's still all the the classic one liners, you know. Oh, what a rush! And welcome to prime time, bitch. And uh, you know, does he say to Joey, "Oh, it's a bit hot in here" or something like? Because he's above the fire or oh tongue-tied he's like oh you're tongue-tied what's the matter joey feeling tongue-tied um yeah um so yeah i mean there is like the element of obviously the the one-liners and the comedy but he is scary as well this was for me this is like i always say really that nightmare on street 3 is the ultimate freddy krueger i feel like he is at his best in this film and it probably was never like that the magic of nightmare on Elm street 3 was never unfortunately captured in any of the films after that uh, as much as i enjoyed those other films they just weren't as good and robert didn't i don't know whether he didn't feel into those films as much but i always feel like nightmare on Elm street 3 is the ultimate freddy krueger and the the He's like the perfect blend of everything that Freddy Krueger is meant to be in this film. Uh, it's fantastical. It's got great gore effects. It's got a great story. It's got a super great cast of kids. It's a one-and-done film as well, so you don't have to watch any of the other films in the franchise to understand what's going on. The whole thing's just a fantastic movie, and really it's one of the best sequels ever made in any franchise. I would probably put this on a joint par with like Friday the 13th part for the final chapter with kind of uh, Halloween 2 you know the original Halloween 2 as well so like perfect sequels that you know just uh, uh, you can't top so yeah Nightmare on Street 3 Dream Warriors <clears throat> and uh, I would give that a solid nine and a half out of ten it's one of it's probably my it's one of my favorite films ever it's one of my favorite films ever made it's in my top five films of all time so that just shows how much i love nightmare on Elm street three dream warriors i just think it's fucking awesome um so yeah it has to be on my list every year uh, in fact i watch it multiple times a year usually um right coming in uh I say coming in as if it's a ranking i stop it right um the next film number 25 terrifier 2 now i was so 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 excited to check out terrifier 2 it was my most anticipated movie of the year easily um i just as i've just said i loved terrifier 1 i've been waiting for this for years and it was it was crippling the wait for this film because there was no uk release uh there was a showing in in august at fright fest in london which i live seven hours away from i just couldn't get to it and then there was a showing in southport of all places at the dead of the night film festival um but that was in a theater that literally only holds about 75 people so as soon as terrifier 2 was announced it sold out and uh i missed out on tickets um so I had to wait for the only other way to watch it in the UK, which was the DVD Blu-ray release. And I pre-ordered it, which was a good job I did because Amazon sold out on the opening day. Um, and my copy arrived on 
you know, release day, Monday the 24th of October, and we watched it that night. And I've got to tell you, I am in love with Terrifier 2. I am in love with the film. It's two hours and 20 minutes long. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, it could be shorter. Like, I'm not this... I'm not, you know, disagreeing with that fact. It could be shorter. Uh, I feel like it possibly could... You you could shave off 10, 15 minutes here and there. Um, but overall, it was fucking awesome. And it flew by. Like, it really flew by. The, 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 in my opinion, I don't think any of the kills top the upside down kill from the first film, but there is more of it. There is more kills, more gore, longer kills. Like there is a kill in this film that's three minutes long and Jesus Christ, I don't know what, whether Damien Leone just hated, like he was having a bad day when he was writing this scene or what, but... Art the Clown just does everything to this girl. You think, oh, fucking hell, he's added over it, and then he does something else, and then he does something else, and then he does something else. And Man, like, Terrifier 2 is a phenomenon. It's a phenomenon. Films like Terrifier 2 are not meant to do what they've done. And uh, I actually don't know... Let me just see if I can find out um, what the Terrifier 2... Uh, let's have a look. Box office uh, gross. So, <laughs> like, right, this film like has been a phenomenon. So it was it was released in the early October um, in limited number of cinemas in America. They sold out. Word of mouth got out, and through just natural word of mouth, talk shows picked it up. Stephen King picked it up. Larry King's picked it up. All these huge talk shows in America have picked it up and are talking about Terrifier 2. And um, it has grossed so far $10.1 million off a budget of $250,000. No PR campaign, no studio backing it, no big adverts around, just word of mouth. It got extended to a second weekend, then a third weekend, then a fourth weekend. It's now in its fifth weekend. It's been moved into areas in Canada. It's getting now a few more showings in the UK. It's blown up. And I was so happy for David and Damien. And uh, to the you know, when I met them at the convention, I literally just said, Congratulations. Like good things happen to good people. And uh Damien Leone, man, he has been at this for so long, you know, trying to to establish this character, and he's been... He is the writer, the director, the special effects makeup artist. Like, he is everything to terrify you. Like, he, he does all the makeup on Art the Clown. He's a super talented guy, and finally reaping the rewards. Like, Terrifier 2 has grossed... $10.1 million, <laughs> which I don't think in Damien and David's wildest dreams, they thought that they were going to gross that much money and um, just more power to them. And if anything, it just proves that Damien's point of keeping Terrifier independent is even more, you know, <laughs> even more true because he, I presume he gets all that money. So he could put, like, imagine like, 
$10.1 million plus DVD sales plus merchandise sales, he could put maybe a million dollars into Terrifier 3 because it's going to make even more money. Like, it's just... It's turning into a machine. It's turning into this huge franchise and it couldn't happen to nicer guys. And uh, I'm so happy that I've been around relatively from the start um, to 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 enjoy it, you know, and enjoy this ride with these people and even people I've never met. And that's why I was so, so glad I got to meet them and, and tell them how much it meant to me and tell tell them how great the of a job they've done and just congratulate them on their hard work and efforts. It's, it's just brilliant. I'm not going to talk any more about Terrifier 2 because we are cracking on, so I need to get blasting through this next load of films um but i'm gonna the next episode we're gonna do on the podcast is gonna be on terrifier 2 and that's gonna be awesome like the next episode hopefully next week or the week after it's gonna be a full episode only on terrifier 2 so i'm gonna get my full thoughts out um from there uh Number 26 was All Hallows Eve, you know, just jumping up, jumping back in time to uh, Damien Leone's feature debut, All Hallows Eve. And it was crazy, actually, to... Uh, I remember watching All Hallows Eve not long after I watched um, The Terrifier originally, and uh, I didn't realise how different Art the Clown looks in this film, but he really looks different. <laughs> like, I maybe didn't notice as much the first time, but on this watch, after watching Terrifier 2, he looks completely different. Um, but it's still the same character, but obviously the makeup's different. It's a different person playing him. Um, he's in the, the wraparound segment at the start and at the end, and he's got his own Terrifier segment, and he's also in the, the Ninth Circle, I think it's called. He's in that sketch as well. This is a cool film, and there's only really one Duff... Um, it's an anthology film. If I, I should have maybe made that clear, it's an anthology film, um, and it, there's only really one Duff story in that, which is the Spaceman Alien one. I'm not a big fan of that one, but I like the the Ninth Circle one. I think it's called the Terrifier one. At the end, is fucking awesome. Um, if you're a fan of Art the Clown, if you've seen Terrifier, you've seen Terrifier two, and you're looking for some more Art the Clown content, check out All Hallows Eve. Um, he's in the the start and end story as the wraparound character he's also got his own like anthology short story in there uh called terrifier i think it's called i think that's what i think it's called terrifier in there anyway so um which obviously spawned them to want to do terrifier as a feature film so very good stuff great stuff great gore just very much in line to the first film and there's a shocking let's say a shocking ending <laughs> to uh, to uh, to that one. So check it out. All Hallows Eve is a great film. Um, I didn't actually rate uh, Terrifier two, so I got t- nine out of ten for Terrifier two, and uh, we'll say six point five for All Hallows Eve. But I, it's it's a fun time and well worth watching. Um, Twenty seven was uh, another anthology film VHS. This was the first time I ever watched this film, and it was it was fine. Uh, again, this this style of found footage i struggled to watch because it was filmed on like a grainy camera um to make it look like vhs and it just it it was a tough one to watch on my eyes i mean once my eyes adjusted the actual final two segments are were fine because my eyes had adjusted to that quality of camera but it took a while for me to get used to it but i enjoyed it um most of the stories in there are, are awesome um and pretty original so I think I haven't seen any of the VHS films though, so I'm going to have to check those out and get them on my list. 
Um, but yeah, VHS was number 27 on the list. And I would give that a solid 6.5 out of 10. So we're coming towards the end now. <laughs> we're nearly there. Uh, let's see. Uh, I didn't actually realise it would be this hard to talk about 32 films. Um, but we're just going to blast through these final five. Um, so film 28 was Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is, again, one of my... Uh, favorite horror movies out there. I always I, I watch this yearly. It's a super fun time. We've reviewed it on the podcast before, so if you want my full thoughts on Killer Clouds from Outer Space, go and check out that episode. I would give it a solid eight out of ten. Um, it's just a super fun film. Like, there's nothing. I I I showed it to my wife for the first time. She's never seen it before, uh, and we had a, a. I think we had a blast. I had a blast, and I think she. Ooh, sorry. And I think she enjoyed it for the most part. So, yeah, Killer Clouds are out of space. Um, great film. Um, they don't make them like that anymore. Let's say that. And uh, there's, a, there's a prop on um, Mad About Horror's website. It's a Trick or Treat Studios um, six foot four cotton candy cocoon with like a human face in it and it looks incredible uh, i really want to buy it but my wife said she would divorce me so <laughs> um i don't know tempted to call her bluff on it <laughs> i haven't ordered it yet it's 100 pounds so it's a bit, bit bit pricey but if i've still got some money left um you know maybe christmas or something i might treat myself <laughs> we'll see uh so yeah killer class out space awesome stuff number 29 rawhead rex this was another first time watch um Something I've not seen before, and uh, but I've seen clips of it before, so I kind of knew what the creature looked like. The creature, it's all practical. It looks ridiculous. It's got. Uh, it looks like kind of a someone that you would see in the band Gwar. Like that's how I would best describe how Rawhead Rex looks. Uh, it's set in Ireland, so it actually feels strange to see like this, you know, the UK feel to it with. Um, this kind of Americanized gore and kind of script. So it's a very strange one, but uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really great. I thought there were some cool kills. Um, uh, we don't actually see the kid get killed in this, which is, uh, I'm going to say is a shame because it would have really added to it. But uh, um, yeah, we just kind of gets kind of see him, you know, get taken away and, presume he's died because we find his arm and yeah um but uh yeah rawhead rex it was a good one it's been again it's another one that's been on my list for a long time um so i would give that a solid 6.5 out of 10 enjoyable um film enjoyable monster flick and well worth checking out uh number 30 we had halloween 3 season of the witch one of my favorite halloween movies it was um it's a one that again i watch every year um my wife really enjoys this film because tom atkins is at his seediest <laughs> seediest in this film uh he loves those nipples doesn't he <laughs> he loves those where would you like to sleep tonight dr chalice oh where would you like me to sleep you know it's just what a what a you know he's fucking on slapping the nurse's asses and uh flirting with the woman in the morgue and jesus christ man that man is a sex magnet in this film. But it's a Halloween film about killer Halloween masks. It's ridiculous. Like, the whole film is ridiculous, but it's so much fun. And there's actually a new fan film coming out, uh, which I found out about 
just the other day actually called the third channel so i was that's a bit of a, a tie-in to the end of halloween 3 and it's halloween 3 2 <laughs> it's a sequel to halloween 3 so um yeah go and check it out like if you just go on youtube and search the third channel trailer you'll be able to see the trailer uh it's set in the same is it san san monica is it um where, where, I can't remember what it's called, but wherever Halloween 3 is filmed, they filmed this there. Um, I think there's still a crowd crowdfunder going as well, so you can buy like the DVD or, you know, just to help get those post-production efforts done and over the line. But I feel like, it, I think it's filmed. They've Obviously, they've got the trailer out there. They just need some extra money for post-production and then it's going to be out and uh, out on DVD or I would imagine. I don't know how they're going to release it, whether it's going to go straight on youtube or whether it's gonna go to dvd only i presume it's gonna go on youtube um but yeah go and check it out it's called the third channel if you just look at it on youtube um there's a facebook group there's like a thousand members in there where they're talking about it and it seems like a cool project obviously it's a fan film so you've got to kind of go in with that expectation of it's uber low budget you know the acting might not be you know hollywood fucking oscars worthy but at the end of the day these guys have gone out there and filmed this 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 film and i think it's got buddy jr from halloween 3 in as well and a couple of other cast members from halloween 3. i think the uh the, the lady the woman from the morgue who gets killed with the drill she's gonna play a character in it so it's super cool like they're getting some halloween 3 alumni in there as well so go and check that out um but um yeah halloween 3 i love this film it's so much fun uh give it a solid 8 out of 10 it's tom atkins at his best halloween killer masks <laughs> you know silver shamrock it's just brilliant it's just fantastic so love it <laughs> not what more can you say it's halloween three um and i i i'm not going to go talk too much about it because but we've uh if you want to hear my more i suppose in-depth thoughts on halloween three go and check out the halloween ranking from last year I think I talk quite a bit more about Halloween 3 there. Um, but just because we're probably a bit pushed for time right now, I'm not going to go into it. But go and check that out. And obviously, we'll try and get a Halloween 3 episode out at some point as well. Um, number 31, the second to last film uh, that I watched, was the original 1978 classic. Oh, did I did I rate Halloween 3? If not, give it an 8 out of 10. Um, but yeah, the number 31, as I do every single year, um, I watched the 1978 classic Halloween. Uh, and I said, I watch this every single year religiously on Halloween. Uh, I have done for probably the past 10 years. It's just, uh, it's the perfect Halloween film for me. It's a classic. Um, it's probably the best in the Halloween franchise. Uh, well, probably is the best in the Halloween franchise. Um, I wasn't as loving it this time purely because I think I'm still down on the current trilogy and especially ends. But the brilliant thing about the Halloween franchise is it's a create-your-own-adventure game, really. So for me, I'm probably not going to ever watch the new trilogy again. I might watch it one more time, um, but it's not my Halloween. It's not my franchise. It's not my timeline. Um, so for me, it's not something I'm going to probably, you know, worry myself about but i feel like because of how much halloween ends disappointed me it kind of probably affected my viewing of this one as well which was a shame it's a real shame um but i'm sure it'll it'll come back around it'll come back around i'm 
what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to watch my timeline, which is, you know, Halloween 1, Halloween 2, 4, 5, um, and maybe 6. <laughs> um, that, that's kind of my timeline. But also Halloween 1 and 2, just 1 and 2 was like a, a double feature. That's that's like my timeline as well. I just think that's a perfect, a perfect timeline, perfect two films, you know, to end the Michael Myers story really michael myers is dead (laughs) d-e-a-d sorry um so yeah just halloween one and two is the perfect double feature there for me so um yeah halloween 1978 perfect it's a classic uh and we'll give that a solid nine out of ten uh and i'm sure over time i will uh stop worrying (laughs) about halloween ends and just get back onto what i would call as my canon um which is halloween one and two so yeah all good stuff and i love four and five as well but you know more of an extended universe kind of experience rather than canon i suppose but yeah one and two is the definitive canon in my opinion uh for halloween not this new trilogy but that's my opinion (laughs) Uh, and finally uh just a random one my wife had gone to bed we'd watched halloween 20 uh, halloween 1978 rather my wife had gone to bed and i was like oh I just put a film on. Randomly went on Netflix, and um, there was Piranha 3D. So <laughs> I just stuck it on, just something nice and easy to watch, and it's super fun. I think uh, Piranha 3D is a super fun film. Christopher Lloyd, uh, the guy from Step Brothers, is in there. Um, I think there's a couple of other cameos as well. Really great gore. Um, now, where was that guy? The guy who's the film director, he's in it as well who is in uh, Scream... Is he in Scream 2? Um, Scream 3 as well? Maybe Oh, Scream... Yeah, he's in Scream 2. I think he's either killer in Scream 2. Can't remember anyway. But yeah, um, Piranha 3D. Just super fun. It was just something to have on in the background, but I thought I would add it to this list. Great kills, great gore. It's just great. It was like... The, the guy, he's like, you know, the, the Piranha's like ate his whole body. He's like, it ate my penis. It ate my penis. It's just... Uh, it's just a super fun film, uh, Piranha 3D. It's it's nonsense. It's got but it's got fantastic gore and it's just uh, yeah. So if you uh, if you want great gore and some killer piranha, Piranha 3D is for you. If you want, well, let's say if you want tits, if you want great gore, if you want killer piranhas, Piranha 3D, man, that's for you. So I just put it on. Thought I'd add it to my list because I technically did watch it within the month of October. Um, and yeah, I would probably give that a solid 7.5 out of 10 as well. Oh, and did I rate Halloween? Probably give that a 9 out of 10 as well if I didn't. But uh, yeah, so that is my 31 in 31. Just to recap the total list, um, we had um, Rob Zombie's The Monsters, Insidious, X, My Best Friend's Exorcism, Trick or Treat, Insidious Chapter 3, Terror Trap, Glorious, Who Invited Them, Doctor Sleep, Dead Stream, Sissy, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, Paranormal Activity, Scare Me, Hellraiser 2022, Dawn of the Dead 1978, Wreck, Wreck 2, Scare Package, Halloween Ends, Terrifier, Jason Rising, Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, Terrifier 2, All Hallows Eve, VHS, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Rawhead Rex, Halloween 3, Halloween 1978, and randomly just to end it, Piranha 3D. So that was my 31 in 31. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have managed to stay until the end, thank you very much. I genuinely appreciate it. 
Uh, I don't tend to plug it that much, but please give us a like on Facebook. Slasher Street Podcast on Facebook. Just search us there. Give us a like. Um, let me know what your 31 in 31 was or what you watched in uh, October. And uh, also, if you have any recommendations or anything that you want me to check out, please do let me know. Um, I would really appreciate it. So, th- And also, if you if you have time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, anywhere that leaves you that function to uh, give a review. Nice five-star review will be awesome. And if you could please leave a comment as well, a little comment just to give your thoughts on the podcast, I would really appreciate that as well. Just if you've got time, that would be awesome. And if you've if you've stayed till the end and listened to the full near two hour podcast <laughs> today, then I thoroughly thoroughly appreciate it and thank you for sticking with me. I hope I haven't bored you to tears. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining me. That was my thirty one in thirty one. Up next on Slasher Street, we are going to be discussing. Damien Leone's Terrifier 2. I have so much to say on this one. I can't wait to get into it. So next week or the week after, it's going to be Terrifier 2. We're going to talk everything, all the kills, all the gore, the phenomenon that terrify that is Terrifier 2, which is incredible. So ladies and gentlemen, that's going to come up very soon. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, have a very safe and awesome week with whatever you're doing. And uh, remember, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to stay scared. My eyes are deceiving me. What you see is real. What's done is done, and what I've done is right. It's the work of science. Yeah.